You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Exciting news. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at OklahomaHOF. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Uh, my guest today, I'm really excited to talk about golf all day. It's going to be awesome. Uh, my guest today is Beth Brown, and obviously has a book out, um, multiple books, I assume, maybe, maybe no, this coming. this is the first. This is the well, first? Okay. Um, as if you're watching, you'll see uh, Divot and Swish uh, on the video with us. I have the book in front of me here, a uh, children's book, but... Obviously, the name's Divot and Swish. You have a golf background, and we will get into all of that. But thanks for coming down to our Bedford studio today. And um, before we dive into to the book stuff, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, where were you born? Mike, I was born in Fort Smith, Arkansas, but mm-hmm. that's just because there wasn't a big enough hospital or yeah. safe enough. I'm not sure which one in Salisaw, Oklahoma. So, uh, Salisaw or Muldrow. So, I actually grew up in Sequoia County in eastern Oklahoma. Okay. And brothers and sisters, big family? Uh, I guess it's medium I, these days. I have two younger brothers. Okay, so obviously you're the first and the oldest. I am the first and the oldest. I was supposed to have been a boy. My dad was a <laughs> high school basketball coach, so yeah. um, I got to do a lot of things that um, young women didn't get to do in Sequoia County back in the day because yeah. um, I was the oldest and my dad was the coach, so I went everywhere with him. And he was, quote, babysitting you by having you along and playing. So you grew, probably grew up playing with a lot of the guys then. Who was I coaching. grew up playing with virtually all guys, everything that I did. Yeah, from yeah. the time I was... Um, in first grade, I would ride the bus from the elementary over to the high school where my dad was having practice, and the junior high boys would practice in the back gym. Yeah. And so I was, we'd back there um, literally in first grade uh, playing with playing with them. My dad had set up a lower goal. They didn't have those adjustable ones then. And, right. And so then even through the summer, those were my buddies, and I would go to the swimming pool in the yeah. summer, and the, the older kids were telling me to do flips off the diving board to almost hit my head, and then they got in trouble because the, the principal was also ran the swimming pool in the summer, and he told my dad. So, yeah, but anyway, I, I grew up yeah. playing just about everything, just with all boys, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so your competitive side probably comes from that then, right? Being a girl and kind of being, I guess, a little underrated as a kid, and, and you know, girls against boys, that mm-hmm. whole thing, playing guy sports against guys. You must have been super competitive and fierce as a kid. Yeah, I think I was born a little bit that way, but I, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. But yeah, that environment yeah. probably brought it out where I was proactive. You know, I'd go on the uh, yeah. offensive in terms of antagonizing or teasing boys and, and taking it to them if I was playing basketball. There wasn't really any other kids around there playing mm-hmm. golf. So I, I played golf a lot with my mom and dad and then by myself. Yeah. Uh, who was first to get you into the game? Was it mom or dad? Uh, well, my dad got my mom and I started golf at the same time. Actually, okay, yeah, yeah. And is what time? What time was that? I first played uh, two or three times a summer, starting when I was eight. Okay. And then when I was eleven, we started playing. So- I started playing softball, and I was on a very competitive 11, 12 mm-hmm. year old team. And we traveled a lot, and my brothers got drug around. And um, I think the the catalyst that caused the end of that was me crying in the back seat after we lost a game because the shortstop 
lost yeah. the game because she made made an error. And so my parents, I do remember them uh, yeah. saying, we need to get her into an individual sport. And at the yeah. time, um, there was just trying to find somebody to help teach in that area. There was a tennis pro. I think he taught at the high school and was mm-hmm. teaching tennis in the summers. And there was somebody about 30 minutes away that was teaching golf. And so they let me pick between golf and tennis. But yeah. but but doing an individual sport was not an option. It was which one of those two. Yeah. And I think I picked golf because my dad was playing. And so at that point, then my mom started playing. That's when I uh, was 12, then that next summer. And that's the summer, very memorable. I would go to work with my dad. He was the coach, but he owned some little local businesses. Yeah. And I would uh, go with him. He had a convenience store and gas station. And then the Dairy Queen was next door. And conveniently, the, the nine-hole golf course below the floodplain with Sand Greens <laughs> oh, was right behind. Awesome. So I would go yeah. walk nine or 18 holes with my little red vinyl bag in the morning, put on my little Dairy Queen uniform, work from 1130 to 330, and then switch out and go back and walk yeah. nine or 18 holes in the evening. So that's how it started. Simple times, right? Back to, I mean, what I would give to be doing something like that today, right? Playing, you know, back as you were a kid, playing yeah. golf all day or nine holes here and there. It's just just love of golf love of the game and and kind of you know you just not care in the world other than golf and, right. and going to work and paying your dues and stuff but uh so high school do you stay in Salisbury to go to high school or do, I, do you guys move well we stayed there but i ended up transferring to Muldrow. okay um Long story short, it was one of those small town things where my dad got reassigned to the classroom because he didn't get along with a couple of board members. Yeah. So I switched schools. And so in eighth grade, I transferred to Muldrow, which was 10 miles away. That was mm-hmm. their punishment. Right. And I actually set out, if you can believe this, I set out a year. So I wasn't ineligible in eighth grade. Yeah. Um, people were calling the OSSAA. My dad was friends with the director. So they were getting calls that I had been recruited. And I wasn't even the team picture that year. That was eighth grade. So I went from playing seventh grade basketball at Salisbury yeah. to playing high school basketball in ninth grade. That's uh, awesome. So it was, a, it was a big leap. But yeah, yeah. Muldrow had big girls basketball. So mm-hmm. um, so that was a, yeah. a good opportunity. I'm glad I did what I did, but it, it wasn't yeah. fun to go to Sunday school and nobody talked to me. Small Because <laughs> we still lived in Salazar, stuff, right? right? And I, yeah. I went to school 10 miles away. <laughs> it reminds me of just, yeah, just little small town uh, with that Friday Night Lights and all the rest of it. Like that stuff exists. It's yeah, real, isn't it? The small town politics. And small town politics for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it can get interesting for sure. Um, so, you know, playing, continued to play golf in high school and then traveled, got good enough and thought, you know what, I'm going to go to university? Um, some version of that. I yeah. actually was really into basketball. That was always my first love. I think because I love the team aspect. So yeah. I'm one of those folks, if I can do something with people sure. um, and I have to choose, I'm going to do it with people versus by myself. Although, you know, I loved golf, obviously, too. Yeah. And um, so all, all, virtually all of my scholarship offers were actually for basketball. I'd committed to University of Arkansas mm. to play basketball. And then kind of at the last minute, um, ended up having the opportunity to go to New Mexico State on a golf and academic scholarship. So kind of switched gears, went there yeah. for two years. Um and then uh, found myself and came back to Oklahoma, where I went to University of Oklahoma. And that's when I actually was ineligible again. Yeah, uh, sure. So this is where becoming a thing, right? <laughs> uh, didn't get released from my golf scholarship in New Mexico State, but I came back to University of Oklahoma and had to sit out a year, actually lettered in basketball that year. Okay. And then ended up being on a golf scholarship at University of Oklahoma my last two years. So. Yeah. So it was quite an adventure. Like, oh, yeah. Not with Divot and Swish yet, but I think it was building up to these stories. Yeah. How was, like, that experience for you as, like, competitively, you know, you, you turn down, go and play basketball, and then think, I'm going to go to New Mexico State and play golf. How was that? 
Yeah, there's a lot of dynamics. You know, you're a kid, and, and yeah. you know this because you were recruited to, mm-hmm. to play collegiate sports. Um, and so I think at the time, I, you know, I was probably trying to please different people and wasn't sure, sure what I wanted to do. But, you know, in hindsight, my dad actually asked me this. What would happen if you—I literally— Changed my mind the night before signing date. It was it was not a good scene for the basketball coach at, at Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, you can't um, go to Arkansas anymore no, now. Right? No, no. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So uh, it was a difficult situation at the time. But in hindsight, as I my dad like it seems like once a year, what would happen if you'd gone there? Yeah. So dad, I think it's all worked out. Yeah. You know, everything's worked out for the best, and and I think all those experiences, although they weren't always fun at the moment you know mm-hmm. it's like what your parents or mentors yeah. tell you you know that you're going to learn from those things and helps you become the person you are today right uh was it a competitive team to be on you like hard to make the top five and travel stuff like that when i was at uh when i was at ou well i had had some experience and i kept getting better at golf by the way when mm-hmm. i stopped playing basketball because literally through high school i played golf three months a year yeah I would we would go through the state tournament, you know, it's March, and then I didn't have a high school team. Mm-hmm. I was still the only girl literally in the county at the time playing, yeah. if you can believe that, in Sequoia County. And so I would just play in regional and state and then um, play golf in the summer and then was back to basketball come mm-hmm. August. And so when I went to college, I actually started getting pr- improving it at golf, yeah. as you might expect. And I wasn't burnt out because I hadn't played it that much. Right. And so it got significantly better. So. Um, my freshman year, I think I just missed one tournament, my first tournament my freshman year at New Mexico State. And then my sophomore year, um, I, I played most of the time toward the end when I was was actually having some challenges with the coach. Yeah. I evidently studied too much, according to him, and not enough <laughs> golf practice. So that's another story for yeah. another day. But anyway, <laughs> so I actually got pulled out at the very end of the year because of that. And also, that kind of precipitated my transfer. Sure. And then when I came to OU, I played, I think for the two years there, I played every tournament but one yeah. my junior year. So That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, but you know, the girls and guys these days are so much better. It's like, oh, it's scary to see how good. I mean, D1 golf is like you have Morikawa Mm -hmm. coming out, you know, he's just one, and Hovland, and you know, you have the guys from OU, um, amazing Abraham Answer, and all these other guys. Like, you're basically playing at a tour level at high level D1 golf, absolutely. It's you know, it's hard to explain. You know, people, I, I did. I had a nice college career. I played Division Two. People ask me like, "Why didn't you turn pro?" I'm like, "I am way away from that. Like, there's, there's good D two golf. Then there's semi decent D one, and then there's like the elite level of D one turning pro. That's you know, you you have the guys who came out the the I quote the freshmen on tour this year, right? The rookies on tour, and they're winning already. It's, it's crazy. And the girls too. Like, is I mean. You know, you got uh, well the uh, the quarter twins or the quarter sisters are doing very well, and then you got the girls coming over from Europe. And I, I mean, I everything I have, I can tie back to golf. Every opportunity mm-hmm. I've been given, every you know, just I, I mean, I love that I play the sport till I die. It's the, it's just one of the best sports ever. And I think for me as well, like when you play it as you know, you grow up. I, I started kind of when I was six and joined my first golf club at eight, and you grow up real fast too right because you're playing around older people and i was always playing with my granddad's friends right you were playing with your dad's friends like mm-hmm. you just learn and you, you grow as a person much more which there's not many sports like that that you can grow as a person as well as 
be an athlete and, and compete. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's for me that mix of having the team and the individual. The individual sport, mm. you know, you're learning that collaboration and teamwork and those things which are yeah. so important in the world today. And then, but the golf gave that element of that individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if it went in the creek, it's because you hit it there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something else didn't happen. Right. Every Not because while, it bounced in Every there. once yeah. in a while you might get a bad bounce, but typically yeah. it's because you did it. So that whole, you know, managing your own emotions and being responsible for those mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, that, not that you weren't in the team sport, but you could kind of cover each other, you know, right. the other players on your team. So. Yeah. And, and here it's back home it's it's like a, there's a lot of match play we grow up mm-hmm. playing match play golf and that kind of explains why Europe is very good at match play and foursomes and four ball as well out here it's very individual and very you don't play a lot of match play it's mostly stroke play um, but I'm sure that was that you probably had elements that you played as well but yeah competition is great um, what was like I guess you know some t- standout tournaments that you played or traveled to that, that just mm. really great memories yeah, well, if I was to pick one thing that comes to mind even before college is when I was 16, I won uh, the Optimus Junior Tournament here in Oklahoma City. And so then they paid for you to go to San Diego to Torrey oh, Pines. Nice. Yeah. And I'd never flown. That, let's start with that. And that was so long ago that my grandma actually went with me. Yeah. And she smoked. And I remember her smoking in the airplane, <laughs> which, which may tell brilliant. you I'm a little bit older than you. But yeah. anyway, I, I remember. And I had never seen the ocean. So I remember the first that night when I got there or something, I was out playing with it. There was another girl. It was a girl from Arkansas there. And I guess there were two older gentlemen. I thought they were older. They were probably my age. Yeah. Teeing off on number one at Torrey Pines. One or ten. I can't remember. But it was the first hole I got to play. And I remember saying, what is that out there? And I'm looking. It's the ocean. I thought it was the sky. I threw down my bag. It was a par five. Yeah. I ran all the way to the green. And they're just looking at me. But I had you know, never yeah, flown, yeah. never seen the ocean. So so then fast forward, you know, obviously got to, to go to some nice places playing golf. And I think that was one of the things I learned playing college basketball and college golf. You know, mm-hmm. college basketball, though, you would go to, like, Back in the big eight, it was a big eight. Yeah. Uh, we'd go to Colorado and Nebraska and places like that in the winter, of course, exactly when right. you want to go there. Yeah. And golf, we were going to Palm Springs, to Phoenix, you know. So I'm like, okay, let's think about this. Plus the girls weren't running into you and, yeah. and fouling you and all that stuff. Right. Um, but then I guess in college, the, the, the biggest, it wasn't necessarily the greatest course per se, um, but it was, we won, actually won the big eight championship and Oklahoma state girls mm-hmm. always were always beating us. So yeah. my senior year winning that, that's just a tremendous team memory. I didn't have my best tournament. Um, I actually, I think finished third on our team, but I, I was not playing well in the last nine holes. I remember I shot 36. My coach had a big pep top with me at the turn yeah. and she said, we need you, even though my score wasn't going to be what I wanted. You're so still going to count. I shot yeah. even, yeah, I shot even par and we won, I think by two shots. So, oh, that's awesome. you know, so I definitely contributed. And yeah. so winning that with the team was, was a really special memory. What golf course was that at? I knew you were going to ask me that. Was it Jimmy Austin? No, we were playing in Missouri. University of Missouri was hosting my senior year, and I don't remember the name of the course. But that's a great memory, though, right? Because, uh-huh. you know, anyone who's listening who, who's played competitive golf or team sport that knows it's four scores that are going to count, and you're just like, you know, you're coming to that three and four bag, right? Yeah. And someone's maybe might have had a rough start to, you know, nine or whatever, and coach comes to you and is like, you, your score's going to count. Absolutely. We need you. And yeah. then taking that burden and just like, yeah, I can do this. And, yeah. you know, if it's one hole, it's, 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 one hole, okay, great. Like you can suck it up and, and make a par or whatever. But if it's nine holes coming in with the whole pressure on, and because the, they're finishing in front of you, so they're probably coming back out to watch you as well. And yeah, they're the waiting at stuff. the green. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's a really cool memory to have. I'm sure. Yeah, it, uh, for sure. And the team, I'm sure. Do you well? Do you 
stay in touch with the guys you were on the teams with, or the girls you were on the teams with? I, uh, there's two, well, three players on the team that were very close. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, she's actually the college golf coach. She was the longtime assistant at OU for my yeah. old coach, and then she's the head golf coach at Arkansas State. Her okay. name is, um, uh, her first name is MJ. She's yeah. from Canada. And... Um, and then my other friend, one of them, one of my teammates lives in, in Norman. Mm-hmm. So we get to play golf some. Yeah. And then uh, the other teammate is up in uh, Chicago. So I don't get to see her as much. But yeah. Yeah. As an alumni, do you still quite, you know, get out to Jimmy Austin every now and then? I used to be a member there and play there a lot. Mm-hmm. Not as much recently. Uh, I, you know, play uh, with my friends at mm-hmm. Belmar at the trails yeah. or come to the city, to the city courses we right. were talking about are great. Um, but yeah, I, I want to get out to Jimmy Austin more, um, but I do, I'm supportive of the team. Uh, they have a different coach now, but mm-hmm. she, uh, Coach uh, Vero, Coach Fee, she's done an incredible job there. And yeah. I went out and uh, braved the cold weather they were playing up at uh, Stillwater last fall. So um, I don't think they have tournaments close until I'm going to probably go down to, to Dallas and watch sure. them at the Big 12. Plus, they've kind of had that break with the whole COVID yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, but yeah, so I'm still very supportive and yeah. interested in the women's golf program. Did I see recently that one of the OU women made the women's masters? The women's yeah, amateur, the masters, Caitlin, right? Caitlin Milligan, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's had a great career. She had an injury last fall to her wrist, and mm-hmm. so she's just getting back into it. They've just played one tournament, so yeah. Um, but she did. Yeah, she'll be there. Yeah, and they they play quite a lot out at Belmar, right? I I love Belmar. Yeah. I think it's such a great golf course. I do too. I love Belmar. I only live like four miles from there. Yeah, so. it's in great shape. Um, yeah, and one of my I failed to say one of my she was basically my teammate, but we weren't on the team at the same mm-hmm. time. But she and her husband live. Her husband was on the men's team, Kim mm-hmm. and Rick Bell, and uh, they're members out there. So I play yeah. out there quite a bit with Kim. Awesome place. Yeah. Sure. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the, the team plays at different courses, you know, as mm-hmm. you probably did preparing yeah. for the, the type of tournament, the certain grass on the greens and that sort mm-hmm. of thing they're going to play. But they're obviously their home course is the Jimmy. Yeah. Um, which we used to call the Goat Ranch. It's very different now. Oh, really? It didn't have irrigation back in the day. <laughs> the Goat Ranch. <laughs> we called it the Goat Ranch. It was yeah. basically just where the goats would want to eat the grass. Right? Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. bad. But now Not it's. Nowhere near what no, it is today. Oh, no, yeah. And they have the incredible practice facility out there. So. Yeah. Because they have that, that like little par three. Golf course, yeah, right? The and the whole course. range. Yeah. And, what is it? The Co. Yeah. Class, the center mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then the ransom course is yeah. the, the short course. Ugh, what a place. I what know. a place. I know. I want to go back and be in college again. What yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, when I sit and I re- reminisce a little bit and I think to myself, like, because I obviously went and went, didn't go to a state school and I see, you know, just Carsten and, and, and Jimmy and, you know, the OU stuff, I'm like, what would it have been like to go to a bigger school and have those facilities and stuff? Um, you know, it would have been awesome, but I probably would have had a class full of 400 people and I not 40 like I did at SNU. Exactly, yeah. Um, but to that point, obviously, you know, you went to New Mexico on an academic scholarship as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then took that to OU. Academics was big for you and the family growing up? Absolutely. Well, my dad was a, a high school teacher and yeah. coach, and he liked to say he coached a real subject. He actually coached science. Well, he, coached science. he taught science, sorry. He coached basketball. Yeah. But, you know, he wasn't uh, right. sloughing off on the academics. And then and uh, that was really important to my mom mm-hmm. as well. So they always were really pushing education. Yeah. So what was the your degree in did you change you kept the same degree when you transferred no i changed no, my changed? degree a few times yeah i went from okay. journalism yeah uh, to uh, business 
And then uh, I remember calling my dad saying, well, because I got bored in the business classes. Yeah, and, that's uh, easy to do. <laughs> I was like, I, I can figure this out. It's mostly about people, right? right. And so, and then um, I said, I'm going to change to letters. And I remember calling my dad in letters at OU. It's like, a, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're learning languages and it's it's the education that everybody went to law school or medical okay. school or, or into the seminary. Sure. And so um, I said, yeah, I'm going to change my major to letters. And he goes, Wow, what's next? You're going to learn your numbers, you know? And I'm like, no, Dad. He's like, thanks, Dad. I go, what is it? But to his credit, he let me do it. But it was all about critical thinking and speaking and writing, and learning all those skills, which has been been profoundly helpful to me in my career. So yeah, it's like life skills, isn't it? Presenting and then yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you, from the my research and notes, you have a PhD, right? I do. Yeah, my friends say piled high and deep is what it stands for. (laughs) Um, No, I I loved school, right? So, yeah, I went on and... Uh, one of the things that was fascinating to me was performance. And mm-hmm. and in basketball, I always I had a different mindset, right? I remember I'd look in the mirror, I was getting mm-hmm. ready to play. I'm like, you're Beth Brown and no one can stop you. Yeah. Literally, like I said that looking in the mirror. Yeah. And then in golf, it just kind of came and went, right? It's like, and so I was like, what was that? And so I had the opportunity, I'd gone out to California mm-hmm. and gotten a job in the golf business because I thought, oh, I'll work at a golf course. Yeah. And then I get to play golf and I was going to play um, on the Players West Tour, it was called at the time. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. And if you work at a golf course, you want to leave when you're done working. But yes, anyway, fast yeah. forward, I ended up getting into graduate school mm-hmm. through, because of the golf business. I was giving lessons to this lady whose husband was best friends with the department chair, yeah. one of those things. Great connection. And so got in as a graduate assistant, mm-hmm. teaching assistant, and, and ended up getting connected with Dr. Glenn Albaugh. And he was a, he, he was, he's older now, and, but he worked with a lot of tour players, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Scott McCrary. Uh, would be one that you yeah. would have heard of, and some others back in the day, um, Kirk Triplett, a lot of yeah. the senior yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of senior to age. But yeah, Glenn was a professor and the golf coach there at University of Pacific, and so I got in there, did my master's there, and spent a lot of time with him, and then went on to University of Kansas. And David Cook was there doing a lot of work with sure. golfers, and so. But it was my curiosity around performance and and how can we. Um, you know, consistently choose confidence. How can we perform more consistently even when we don't feel like it? Yeah, yeah. And those sorts of things really uh, yeah. got drew me into that. So my doctorate's actually in education with an emphasis in sports psych. Okay, because I mean, golf is such. I mean, obviously basketball is too, but golf is such an in your head sport, isn't it? Like it's, you know, the the things that we say to ourselves on a golf course, right? It's uh-huh. like good and bad things, and you're like trying to give yourself positive reinforcement, and then you know you hit you three putt, and then you're back to cussing at yourself or whatever it is, right? How has that affected like you know you going forward doing the research into it with coaching and I guess your own personal game too? Yeah, I mean, I, I've learned a lot. It's always easier to help someone else, right, than to help yes, yourself. much you know? easier. And so I think for me, it's just one of the things that's helped me the most is just the simple idea of focusing mm-hmm. on what's in my control. You know, that can cover a lot of things, yeah, right? Yeah. So what can I control? What can I not? When yeah. it comes to golf, you know, I can't control the balance or the weather or who I'm playing with mm-hmm. or the pace of play of other people. You know, I can influence winning and, yeah. you know, my score, but I don't have complete control because I yeah. can't control what you're going to shoot. And if you shoot 65, you're probably going to beat right. me, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. And then, then coming back to those things, I have complete control over, you know, the quality of my practice, you know, my attitude, the mm-hmm. things that I choose to say to myself if I practice those things just like I practice my golf swing. Yeah. So I think just that's one s- simple concept that's easy in theory, but sure. very challenging to implement, whether it's in golf or even, you know, my own life, like today, like what can I control? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I got here early because I because I was like, okay, I'm going to leave early. I tend to run late. Right. I set my alarm on my, my phone. So just that simple, you know, I found that concept uh, 
kind of takes a lot of pressure off mm-hmm. and, and helps with the attitude uh, whether yeah, I'm on yeah. the golf course or off. Yeah. The mental side of things, you know, you, like you mentioned, you're thinking about what you can control. Uh, while you were a grad assistant, were you still playing on that pursuit, on that tour you just mentioned? No, no. Okay. I once I well because that could have been really interesting, right? You're like yeah. using yourself as your own subject. Yeah, I actually moved out there and I never ended up playing out there. That was why gotcha. I went out yeah. there to play, you know, on the Players West. But I got a job at a country club mm-hmm. and did that, and then that led right into me going back to school. Gotcha. And so that was pretty full time. I mean, I went to a lot of golf courses doing yeah. stuff. I followed Glenn around. Uh, quite a yeah. bit and got to meet some really interesting people and, and learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I went from there. I basically went, I took my two years off in between my undergrad and my master's, but I went straight through then. Yeah. So I moved from California back to University of Kansas in Lawrence, okay. which uh, was a great, great time there. It's a yeah. lot, lot like Norman. Um, but of course there's Jayhawks floating around. Yeah. Um, so my wife's side of the family are huge, huge yeah. KU fans. I yeah. Know, it's they like, don't like football season, but basketball season, they're the loudest people. In exactly. The room. Well, I'm definitely a, a sooner. Let's make that yeah. clear. I don't want anybody on here to be like, what's yeah. she, she talking about the Jayhawks, but they are my second favorite, gotcha. my second favorite school. So you moved there to coach. I went and I moved there just to go to graduate school to study oh, with okay. Dr. Cook yeah. and I got teaching assistantships, all that kind of sure. stuff. And then what happened is, um, I had the opportunity, a gentleman named Jerry Waugh, mm-hmm. he actually played basketball for Fog Allen. Mm-hmm. He was the assistant basketball coach at KU when Wilt Chamberlain was playing there. Yeah. So he's just a legend. He had he was the women's golf coach there at the time. Right. And um, and so anyway, as I was there, I met him and that sort of thing. And he asked me if I wanted to volunteer, be like almost like a volunteer or grad assistant sure. coach. So I did that, and I loved it so much that I quit some of my other teaching assistantship jobs and ended up being a full-time assistant. They'd never had an assistant when I was golf coach, but they made me full-time my third and fourth year there. Yeah. I was working on my doctorate. So That's awesome. So you had a great experience there. got to, you know, be with the team, travel with the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then wow. I worked with some other teams, worked with the women's softball team. Uh, that was kind of the big sport there. When mm-hmm. I had been working on my master's, I worked with the women's basketball. So kind of golf, yeah. basketball, and softball are the, the three sports that I'm most familiar with yeah. um, and I have played myself. Yeah, and, and obviously big female sports at co- a college level too, right? Yeah, I mean, outside, I mean, probably tennis is too, but those those three are, you know, you still have your teams and stuff too, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is a lot of fun. Uh, so where does the writing come into things then? Where does this give yeah. and swish in the book, where does that, you know, between getting your getting your doctorate and, and now? Yeah, where does that come in? That's a great question. I've got to pause because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I was watching a, a series, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I was watching a Netflix yeah. series the other night, a few episodes, and it was one of those that goes back and forth from the present to the past. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see if I can do that to, okay. to make my answer shorter. But, you know, I really think getting a basketball in my hand literally when I was two, mm-hmm. people tell stories of me dribbling with two hands at midcourt watching my yeah. dad's team practice to fast forward to eight, then all of a sudden I've got golf. And so if you start there yeah. and then all the experiences I had with sport were generally very positive. I had, you know, a couple of negative experiences mm-hmm. in college that helped you really appreciate the, the good ones. Yeah. Um, and then and then this idea of, you know, we talked about me getting my degree in letters and a lot of that was about writing skills. And I've mm-hmm. always loved to write. When I was a kid, I loved to read, was always at the library in the summer, rode my bike there yeah. in a little town across the road tax was at the library all morning reading yeah. would go home have lunch and then go to the swimming pool and so reading and writing have always been fun and something I enjoy yeah. 
and and then and then sport as well, right? right. And so if you kind of lay that as a foundation, it starts to make more sense. If you fast forward to about 15 or so years ago, and I was married at the time, still very mm-hmm. dear friends with my ex-husband, and his name's Rudy Duran. That might ring a bell. He mm-hmm. was Tiger Woods' first coach. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And so wow. Um, so anyway, we were in a yeah. bookstore, and we were looking at children's books, and I always loved Dr. Seuss. Okay. And we were looking at books, and I don't remember what he said, and I was just like, yeah, well, I'm going to write a children's book series one day. And he goes, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it going to be? And I go, I, I said it. I yeah. said adventures. I said of, but it was close enough. Adventures of Divot and Swish. And he goes, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. He goes, what's that going to be? And I said, well, I don't know all the stories, but, you know. Of course, Divot's a golf ball and yeah. Swish is a basketball net and they're going to they're gonna have some yeah. adventures. I don't know what it is yet, right? And so then um, fast forward to, you know, as I worked uh, for the first T headquarters sure. for 15 years and, and my role there was basically education. You know, yeah. I was mm-hmm. training coaches, training adults to coach kids and, and coach mm-hmm. youth, youth, you know, kind of from those ages 5 yeah. to 17, you know, the developmental appropriateness of, of yeah. sport and, and things. Great, great program, <clears throat> yeah. the first T. Yeah, it? we have it's first fantastic. T of Oklahoma City here, yeah. yeah, and first T of Tulsa in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. so two of my favorite chapters. Yeah. But I was working for the headquarters and so had lots of great experiences. I did a lot of writing, writing curriculum and things and and so um, once I started my own business a couple of years ago, you know, I had more opportunity, more time to say, hey, what's really important to me? And mm-hmm. one of the things that's important to me is, you know, helping uh, adults, whether it's parents, coaches, yeah. educators, teachers who are working with kids um, to help them maximize their impact. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, actually... Um, it's one of those things you think about over and over over the years. And I would talk secretly to my friends and say, hey, I'm thinking about yeah. you know, doing this. And they're like, oh, yeah. Some of them were encouraging. Yeah. Some thought I was crazy. And then uh, you know, finally, uh, what kind of put me over the edge was uh, I was at a, a women's leadership luncheon at the Chamber of Commerce down mm-hmm. in Norman. And a lady named Jill Donovan, who's the owner of Rustic Cuff out mm-hmm. of Tulsa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was the speaker. And she, was a, she talked about her journey about being a law professor. And she got embarrassed on the Oprah Winfrey show. And, mm-hmm. and she ended up starting making these cuffs for therapy and giving them to her friends. Next thing, fast forward. Now she's, she's a massive in business. Massive yeah. business. But it was, it was not all of a sudden. It was a step-by-step. By yeah. step. I remember her saying that, and and she didn't have any idea what she was doing, basically. Yeah. It's 15, 10, 15 years of overnight success. Yeah, right. and so I talked to her after she spoke, and I, I said, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna start this book after yeah. listening to you. It was, it was just the right person saying the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, they might relate. Sometimes when you're in church, if you go to church, you know, the preacher's preaching, you're like, yeah. oh, you're looking around, he's talking to me, or she's talking to me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and so then, yeah, I just... I started. I set aside some dates on my calendar. And so all of that to, to say, I'm, I'm getting into the weeds, as my friends would say. Yeah. But I think the mission you know, of Divot and Swish is to inspire families and kids to have fun, become more active, and mm-hmm. to learn life lessons through sports. And so if you think about where I started, you know, basketball, I hand it to, golf club yeah. at eight, to my work with the First Tee headquarters, uh, really, it, it all has led to this. And so yeah. uh, if I could do one thing, I would just be out there... Uh, you know, with coaches and teachers and parents and yeah. kids and and uh, sharing the story of Divot and Swish. Uh, That's awesome. Which I'm going to get to do later this week. I'm doing my first in-person yeah. book adventures uh, at Muldrow Elementary, okay. my, my old, back. where I went to high school. Yeah. So I'll yeah. be there Thursday and Friday this week. That's really cool. I'm sure it's nice to go back and, and do, you know, like just... Yeah, I was here. Like, you know, be, yeah. relate that to the kids that are there. Like, mm-hmm. I was in your literally in the same seat. That you're yeah, in. absolutely. Uh, you mentioned there that you so you went to work for the first tea, but you mentioned starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Well, when was that, and how? Like, 
how, what do you do specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I started my own business in, uh, it's been about just a little bit over two years ago. I guess it's March. So technically it was around December of uh, 2018. So just a little over two years. And it's called Team Arius. And Arius means golden in Latin. Okay. Um, and so it's this idea of helping uh, individuals and teams achieve their own gold standard of performance. Mm-hmm. And so I work, I'm finding that I enjoy working with individuals the most. I thought yeah. I would like the team element. But I love the relationships I get to build, basically helping um, coaches or mm-hmm. business people, whoever they are, um, really kind of assess where they're at, where they want to be, help them close the gap. So yeah. so some individual and team coaching. Uh, and then, of course, what I'm getting to do with Divot and Swish. And uh, then yeah. I still do some educational consulting as well. Okay. So now, right, obviously the book is out. Um, but through life experience, you have so many stories that you can, you know, put an educational twist on them to make them you know to add value to anyone reading or mums or parents reading to their kids what is the you know plan this I assume this isn't just one book right there's many more coming the the plan is for many more I have a a layout of 18 like 18 holes in golf yeah um, Divot and Swish they travel the world the first one they go to Costa Rica and they learn courage through surfing and so it's this idea of they're going to learn how to be balanced on the surfboard, so the physical skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but the primary thing is the life lesson that they learn. And so they're going to travel different places around the world. Uh, yeah. It could be uh, Hawaii. It could be uh, Switzerland. You know, they've been to Costa Rica. It could be places in the States. It could yeah. be some of the national parks. But they're going to play different sports. My, my nephews keep saying now, are they going to play just basketball and golf? I'm like, no, they're going to learn different sports. That's what makes it unique is they travel yeah. the world. They meet a new human friend everywhere they go who helps teach them. Sure. The superpower, which is kind of yeah, encapsulating lesson, the, yeah. the life lesson or yeah. the core value, if you will. So they'll play different sports and meet different friends and, and travel yeah. to different places around the world. Do you so with eighteen books theoretically, eighteen holes, eighteen books? Do you have uh, a plan already for the you know how far ahead are we in the eighteen? Yeah, I well, I basically have an overview that's drafted, and sure. then it's like wherever I feel like I'm being led to yeah. to go next, and so. Um, so the only thing I can say, so, so the goal and the plan is to have the second book out, you know, for mm-hmm. the holidays this year. Now that it took me yeah. 15 months to, to get through the first one, it was a learning process. So yeah. I have some amazing people who have been helpful. So I kind of know the system now of sure. how to go about it. Um, and the only thing I know for sure is, or the, I can say for sure, is the next one will have, they'll meet a female friend. Okay. And, uh, and they're definitely going to have an amazing adventure. But yeah. I'll, I'll hold off because there's four or five things floating around. Sure. Um, yeah, right. That's, I mean, I haven't written a book. I mean, I, I think I probably said, oh, I'm going to write a book one day. Like everybody else has probably said that once, but you've actually done it. Uh, what was it like getting that first proof in the mail when you opened that first book and saw the cover and thought, wow, I've actually yeah, done this? Yeah, when I, when I, I had some soft copies made, you know, yeah. to, to share with some people to get some feedback and things. When I actually got the books with the hard copy in it, I actually made a video about it. I was freaking out, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, this it's is really, real. Yeah. It's real. And yeah. so it's still a little bit surreal, um, honestly. And so, like I said, there's just been so many people mm-hmm. um, that's, that have been so helpful. Um, people that didn't even know me and you just yeah. like call them up blindly like uh, Mr. Jim Tolbert who's the owner of Full Circle Books yeah. here in Oklahoma City he's been incredibly helpful in fact the books are, there's some books there right now he, yeah. he's got the books out so um, and there's just been a ton of other people you know family and friends of course but mm-hmm. just people that I only met because of this and they took the time yeah. to, to help me and advise me yeah people outside like family and friends feel obligated to help you right uh-huh. like you know even if they feel bad or sorry for you they're going to help you 
But when it, you get compliments and you get help from outside people, like I said, you've never met before and you meet them once or twice and you're like, yeah, well, we'll help you. You're like, yeah. oh, that means so much. And I also mean that I actually have something here as well. Right, it's like validating. Right. And yes. it's realized like, oh, my, my product is of value to you know, the market and, and stuff like that. So I'm sure you've had great reviews from, from family, but the better reviews come from the outside sources. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm learning too. I'm getting some feedback. And so obviously Mm -hmm. I'm going to tweak some things going forward. But the ultimate goal is to have a cartoon series. I mean, they just look like cartoon characters, right? Yeah, they do. So who wouldn't want to go watch cartoons about Divot and Swish? Um, And we're working on a few other things uh, in in the interim here, other products. I have plushies that are under development, right? Um, And my nephews have been the biggest advisors. I have some other friends that have little girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They're like, Aunt Beth, not dolls. They have to be plushies because boys and girls like plushies. Yeah. Um, or stuffed animals. And then uh, we have some stickers and uh, there's some free downloadable coloring pages actually on, mm. on the website. So at some point that'll those will turn into a, an actual coloring book. But yeah. we're actually having a coloring contest. I think it starts like the 16th or 17th of this month Okay, uh, for a couple of weeks. So families can go online. They can download Print the off, pictures yeah. and read the read the instructions and, and submit that uh, yeah. to win some prizes. So oh, It's so cool, isn't it? And it's great to see like the interaction and especially today and, you know, what we're still going through with virus and all you know the uncertainty i'm sure it's great for families to get together download something you know because i'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that are done with teaching their kids at home or watching their kids learn on zoom and they want to do practical stuff what better to you know be reminded to go play basketball or golf outside but also have the lessons from the book to come in color and and learn as well absolutely yeah and we're Um, working on some things like uh, that i have some other people helping me beginning to develop a bit of a curriculum mm -hmm. for for elementary yeah um, and for after school where we'll have a physical activity um, so again, they learn balance with the surfboard. Duh. And so you obviously need balance in lots of sports. And then um, some, uh, just the, the character lesson, some of the, the life and animal mm-hmm. science. With yeah. There's about 50 animals. My nephews, they wanted, they said, you need to put lots of fish and things in, in there. <laughs> so there's awesome. 50 plus uh, uh, yeah. marine life and animals in there. And then um, also some, uh, I'm working with the illustrator. We're developing a progression um, for some art. Mm-hmm. And from progressing from just coloring to actually where they would draw Divot and Swish. Sure. And we're going to actually try that out. We don't have the date set, but I'm going to do a, uh, a yeah. book reading and signing at Full Circle, hopefully in April. So okay. we're working on the date. And the illustrator would actually come. So we'd have a book reading adventure. Yeah. And then also some an art element to that. So. Yeah. Big plans. Big plans. I know. That's I, awesome. I have to come back. I like to look at the future. i got to come well, back to yeah, the present. Well, I mean, yeah. You know? we, we definitely share that, right? Because I'm such a like future, like, you know, I'm... And my wife's the total opposite. My wife is like steady, you know, figure out the now. And I'm like, heads in the future. This is what we're going to do and all the rest right, of it. Right, right. you got to focus on building that first. Uh, but this has been great. Um, where, for everyone listening, where... Um, where can they go? Where can they buy the book? Where can they reach out and get in touch? Stuff like yeah, that. absolutely. Well, they can uh, go to my website um, and they can just put in divotandswish.com and it'll take mm-hmm. them there. And that's divot, like a golf divot and all spelled out and then swish, like yeah. swishing a basketball net. It's fun to explain that to Kate sure too. Like is, what's yeah. a divot and what's a swish? Yeah. Um, both are the outcome of good shots. Very good shots, um, yeah. And so, uh, so they can go to divotandswish.com uh, and there they can purchase the book and I can autograph it. They can have me put a note in there. Mm-hmm and personalize it. And then they can also download the free coloring sheets and hopefully there'll be some more stuff there yeah. soon. And they can reach out to me directly at Beth 
at divotandswish.com. Okay, awesome. Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for everyone listening, I'll post those links down in the description as always. So you can go click on them, go straight to the website and shoot Beth a note as well. But thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk about golf and education and just what it has done and what it will do for f- in the future for the kids that are going to read these books. I'm excited to see uh, the second one and then you know in the future have a collection of all 18 that'll be awesome one day um but thanks for coming in and for everyone listening we will catch you next episode cheers this podcast was presented by the oklahoma hall of fame who've been telling oklahoma's story through its people since 1927 follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on instagram at oklahomahof catch you next episode cheers Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.